And pop it slowly. Poppy? <laughs> Who yelled at Marge? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, oh. <laughs> Flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> was he distraught last night? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't that bad because I knew it was coming. From the challenge or because you spoiled yourself? Because I spoiled myself. <clears throat> Why do you do those? Because <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> they pop up there and it's just very tantalizing. Oh, my gosh. I don't like to be spoiled, so I do not look at those. Mm. But I do have to say that lip sync ba- battle was a decent lip sync battle for the first time this season. Thomas did not like <clears> it. <throat> Why? I don't know. He didn't like the lip sync battle? He thought Jan had too much energy. Oh, yeah. I don't think that what Jan was doing fit the lip sync, but she was performing. <laughs> at I all. think it was That's any why other we- song <clears throat> besides yeah. that one, Widow would have gone home. Yeah, well, it depends on if it, if it was not Chaka Khan. I've actually started <laughs> recording and we're not supposed to talk about that in this oh. podcast. I'm just telling you. Oh, well, I didn't know you started recording this time, so. Well, bitch. <laughs> Especially since we were talking about Ruby stuff, and this is not our Ruby podcast. This is our Spoopy podcast. So you can find us at our, our Spoopy pod- podcast at rspoopypodcast.com, our Spoopy podcast on Instagram, our Spoopy on Twitter, and our Spoop on Facebook. Want to drop us a line? That's our Spoopy podcast at gmail.com. Exactly. Wow, that was the earliest we've probably plugged our episode. We're only, what, a minute in? Let's go back, erase everything, and just start Start that. that. <laughs> a hard cut there <laughs> hard cut okay and bring the stuff over and you know what else i should plug what should you plug for? i should plug our sponsor aussie pet mobile i love aussie pet mobile you ready for this tell me about Da-na-na-na. it um do you want a clean pet without all the hassle Packing Fido up in the car and driving them all over town is a chore that many of us pet owners rarely enjoy doing. What if instead you could have the groomer come straight to you? With Aussie Pet Mobile of River Oaks, you can! Yes! Aussie Pet Mobile has spacious, custom-designed mobile units with all the luxuries of the salon, AC, heat, electricity, and water. No hookups needed. And they never use kennel dryers or harsh chemicals during the grooming process. Their vans ensure that your groomer that your groomer ability to take care of your pet's needs in it needs including hair care to paw care and everything in between. They even offer special services such as de-shedding treatments, whitening treatments, hair styling, dead sea mud baths, dark color enhancing treatments, and facials. Their groomers are trained and certified and will pamper your pets with a personal 100% cage-free one-on-one experience all in the comfort of your driveway. You know what else the Aussie Pet Mobile groomers are trained on? What? Good social distancing practices. Oh, we got to have that. Make your appointment and be sure to ask about our contact-free pet grooming service. You know what? I'm going to go get my phone right now. Do it. Run Give me a call. It. Run it. <laughs> Run. Run and get it. Run. Bryce. Run and get it, please. Run. I love that. Me too. Wow. Well, how are you, Spencer? How are you feeling? I'm well. On this wonderful Sunday. Today is the day of the week. Today is Sunday that, because we record our podcast live for you guys when yeah. we produce them it is kind of weather outside right now and we just don't want to be out or maybe we do Mm -hmm. i haven't decided we don't yeah we're not certain there's weather out there there is weather that is existing and it is a time and a day of a month um i'm gonna make some assumptions Uh uh-huh it's warm it's it's always warm in texas so that's a good assumption most likely warm Mm um there is Water in the atmosphere. Uh huh. There usually, sometimes is. 
I'm not sure if it's humidity. Maybe it's precipitation. Maybe it's clouds. I can't really see the sky right now. We're I'm actually blind. Oh, okay. Oh, and oh. I can only tell the weather by feeling my breasts. Okay. There's a Are 30% you chance that it's already, already raining. raining. <laughs> Just a little tit lift. <laughs> She's such a good weather person. I, love her. I mean, literally, meteorology couldn't has nothing without. Karen. I mean, the bariot, bariot, barometric meters in her boobs just like they rise and they fall. Are, they rise they and fall. They need no kind of calibration. Mm-hmm. They're always 100% correct. They're always on point. <laughs> I love that. Wow. I love that. You have a joke this time. I know. I'm so funny. It's so weird. I am the funniest person on this podcast because this is my podcast. And not Not Thomas. No, it is. Yes, it is. (laughs) This is a Thomas Variety Hour part two. Thomas Variety Hour here. We've got a great show for you today. Featuring Spencer and sometimes Chris. I need like sound effects, like <laughs> like farcical sound effects. Yeah. Did you say farcical? <laughs> no. You said it. I know. Hello. <laughs> like nope. clips from movies. Yes. I don't know what movie. Uh, not, not Titanic. <laughs> Just do the weird like flute piccolo thing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's a pan flute. Oh lord. She knows everything about. It. Celine Dion music. Okay, okay. Did Celine Dion play it while she was also singing? Yeah. Well, she plays it with her nose. While she oh, sings. yes. <laughs> Near, far. <laughs> yeah, it was really a challenge because they had to get the mic like underneath it. Yeah. Like, the pan flutes like this. Well, she has to get it like between like her mouth and her nose. So it was like a double microphone. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's hot. Well, I mean, yeah. Also, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, you have a lot of opinions this episode. I'm just, <laughs> like, in the historical context of 1998, mm-hmm. uh, very skilled. My story is based in 1997. Mine's based in 1982. Based in? 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 Anyways. Ciao. Who goes first this week? Um, I did Tornadoes first last week, right? So then you go first this week. Okay. Unless you don't want to go first. No, I'll go first. I just don't remember. Did we do tornadoes last week? It was last week, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, Lord. This whole quarantine is just mixing together. This is a day of the week. It is. Uh, not sure which one, but... it A uh, day. Yes. Uh-huh. 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 Oh, yeah. is that it? Let me just get into it. Oh, Let okay. Just just, <laughs> there's just a whole lot not going on right now. Okay. Um, today, I'm going to do another unsolved mystery. Oh, I love those. You like when things aren't solved? No. Yeah, me neither. I want them to be solved. Yeah, me too. I want to know answers. Like, I want to be told, like, Ethel Beavers did it. She should hold herself in contempt of the court. It's from Parks and Rec. Rec. (laughs) I hope that uh, when we die Mm -hmm. that we get to, like, figure things out that are unsolved. Yeah. Like, we go up and, like, talk to people in the, like... Or just know. Oh, Okay. Just be like omnipotent. Well, I think like nowadays you can take enough acid to solve things in your own realm, but like <laughs> in your own realm, yeah, not in real life, but like JF you, Kennedy was murdered because there's a Siamese cat on a second story window. What? What? <laughs> it was there. <laughs> I saw it, and it was a weird purple dragon talking to the aliens <laughs> about craft singles. The sun also gave me a thumbs up. 
And then it spanned backwards, <laughs> and we went all the way to the beginning of time. <laughs> Saw the dinosaurs. Bernie Sanders were there. <laughs> <laughs> you stole that from the yeah, late I did. Show. From no, He's from not even Trevor Noah. <laughs> you don't like Trevor Noah? I like Trevor Noah. He's Noah. my least favorite. Do you one. see what you did to my nails? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been trying to pick it off slowly, and it's not working. It looks like I just have not cleaned my nails. It kind of looks like you've been like digging. D- digging massively just like with my nails <laughs> only the one hand though. just yeah just that one well i have some on this one i don't know how oh but it got over there i didn't paint that one i yeah i don't know hmm. i guess i touched it when it was wet still <laughs> just <laughs> just yeah. right there yeah so spencer spencer painted my nails and uh fingers did fi- and fingers <laughs> you're right this one is still a little bit red wow but yeah he did a interesting job to say the least. Does Savannah still have hers on? Yes. But just one. She, she woke up in the morning and she goes, why did he only paint one? <laughs> I only painted in one hand. Yeah, one hand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like one like, nail. And then I said, well, he did the same thing to me. She goes, they're not even painted. I'm like, look closer. <laughs> <laughs> I removed yours. Kind I did of. a bang up job. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Literally banged up your fingers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hammers. <laughs> Um, okay. So, you want to talk about a mystery with me? Let's do it. Okay. So I want to tell you about my mystery too, because it's Ooh, a mystery. Mysteries. Mm-hmm. Let's get a mystery. mystery we snow. We snow. <laughs> um, have you ever heard of the brand Tylenol? No. Yes. <laughs> I don't Wait. think you have. Well, it's a brand. Okay. Of acetaminophen pain medication manufactured by Johnson and Johnson. Oh my god. Um, and in 1982, there was a problem <clears throat> with the products that took the lives of seven people. Oh, I heard about this one. This is the the Tylenol, like the they they put the, the like, Tylenol murders, and that's why they have cat seals on them uh-huh. now. Yeah. Um, so this changed the way that our products are sold today, and we're going to discuss them in the Tylenol. Wait, murders. didn't you kind of talk about this, but not really talk about it? Uh, when we talked about the Candyman murders, but like not my Candyman murder, but your Candyman murder. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I hope I didn't go too deep into it. No, you didn't. It, you just mentioned it. Because um, you so said this, it was the first time that someone had done something since the Tylenol murders in the 80s. Yes. I think is what you said. That yes, was like yes, the exact yes, line yes, that you yes, said. Yes, 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 I remember yes, things yes, sometimes. Yes, yes. <laughs> sometimes, I, sometimes I don't remember things, but most of the time I don't remember things. What do you but remember about Thursday? <laughs> um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Apparently we talked to cinema. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I don't. <laughs> she was like trying to literally have a conversation. We were like, oh, oh what is your favorite? What's my favorite what? Uh, anything. Just tell us. <laughs> Worse than I'm Because I saw in the next morning that I had like had a 25 minute conversation with her. And I go, oh my God, I talked to you last time. She goes, yes. You don't remember that? And I'm yes. like, no, not at all. So I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'll have to call her and find out the tea of my tea. <laughs> <laughs> Figure out what your life has become. Yeah. Me too. It's true. I think I spilled some water. You also cried. Really? I do remember that. What did I cry about? I don't know. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> Savannah was like, should I feel bad that we made Spencer cry? And I'm like, probably not. <laughs> Honestly, I was going to do it anyway. So. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not... Um, I'm not certain that we should, unless we did something mean to him. <laughs> then we should feel bad. What did I cry about on Thursday? <laughs> it's a mystery. <laughs> yeah, okay. You didn't like cry, cry, but you like were on the verge multiple times. I do remember that. <laughs> oh, all right. News yeah. to me. 
Yeah. Well, also not news to me. <laughs> not, not news to me, but yes, but no. News for specifics. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Can I believe it? 100%. Yes. <laughs> Did I do it? Very likely. Yes. <laughs> uh, anyway. So, <laughs> Wednesday, September 29th of 1982, Mary Kellerman, of resident, a resident of Oak Grove Village in Illinois, was not feeling well before she went to school. She had a runny nose and a sore throat. She told her mother and father, who gave her one extra strength Tylenol capsule and sent her back to bed. A little later, Mary's father heard her get up to go to the bathroom, and then he heard something clatter to the floor. He got out of the bed and went to the door. He called her. No answer. So he opened the door and discovered his daughter unconscious on the lying on the floor. He well, called that was police. drastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Richard Keysworth, an inspector from Elk Grove Village Fire Department, had this to say about the EMT's attempts to revive her on scene. Quote, one of the paramedics on the call with the Kellerman girl was Dave Spung. Dave was one of the best paramedics I had ever met. He threw everything in that drug box at this young lady, and nothing made a difference. End quote. She was transferred to the Alexian Brothers Medical Center and pronounced dead at 9.56 a.m. She was 12 years old. Damn. Wait, okay, so what was the progression of events again? So he, she woke up not feeling well at what time? Seven. Seven. So this is within two hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. So like what I said, that escalated quickly. Yeah. Yikes. Well, it gets, <laughs> gets even the same. crazier. It gets the same. <laughs> um, later that day, Adam Janice, a postal worker, had decided he needed to take a sick day. The 27-year-old felt he was beginning to get a cold. So he picked up his children from preschool and stopped at a local grocery store to pick up some Tylenol. He came home and had some lunch and decided to take two of the Tylenol and go lie down for a while. A few moments after taking the Tylenol, he staggered into the kitchen and collapsed. He was unable to be revived by paramedics. They declared him dead of cardiac arrest at 3.15 p.m. This is the same day? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Most of these are the same day. Most of his family was in the hospital with him at the time of his death. After being declared dead, the family went home to Adam's home to mourn. 3.45 p.m., Mary Reiner, a resident of Winfield, mother of four, is at home. She recently gave birth. Dang. Did you mess it up? <laughs> no, I just scrolled too far, and then it was like, you wanted to change the page. <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, she recently gave birth to her fourth child and still is not feeling well. The baby's only a week old. Oh. She takes some Tylenol and collapses. Her husband is quoted saying, We were together for a long time. She was an excellent mother. We had four children. The baby was a week old. I came home right after she had fallen on the floor. An ambulance came and rushed her to Central DuPage Hospital in Winfield. I'm not going to say a whole lot more than that. 5 p.m. The Janice family is congregating in Adam's and his wife's home. Adam's younger brother, Stanley, who suffers from chronic back pain, asked his wife, Teresa, to go get him some Tylenol from Adam's Adam's medicine cabinet. She gave him two and decided to take two herself. Both collapsed moments later and oh rushed back God. to Oh my God, from the same family of the guy who just died? Mm-hmm. Yikes. Uh, 6.30 p.m., Mary McFarland, resident of Elmhurst, tells her coworkers at the Illinois, Illinois Bell Store, which is a phone company. Yeah, Bell, Southwestern Bell. Um, it was basically what AT&T was forced to... Well, for a, a couple seconds, I was like, she... Wait, that, I thought that wasn't until the 90s that the AT&T had to split up. No. Yes. But I think AT&T bought them. I don't know. Continue. <laughs> Bones. Yeah. Um, that she had a horrible headache, and she went home, took some Tylenol, and collapsed. 9.30 p.m., Paula Prince, 
A flight attendant lands <clears> at Chicago O'Hare and stops at the Walgreens to pick up some Tylenol. She would not be discovered for two days. Oh she lived God. alone and was not expected by anyone until October the 1st when she planned to have dinner with her sister. So all seven people dead in one day. Wow. From the same grocery store or just like? No. Oh. Okay. Um, so how did the investigator tie all these murders together? Well, on the evening of September 29th, police searched the home of Adam Janice. They had an entourage of Detective Fishos, Detective or Deputy Medical Examiner Donahue, and Nurse Jansen. Uh, the three combed over the house to find any contaminants. Nurse Jansen was the only one to notice the Tylenol. She counted the pills to discover that six were missing, the exact dose for three adult people. Mm -hmm. So she made sure to bring the bottle to everyone's attention. Pishos learned... Uh, when he learned about this, he recalled some useful information that some poisons have a bitter almond scent, particularly potassium cyanide. When Pisha smelled the bottle, he could smell the, uh, definitely detect the scent of the bitter almonds, pass the bottle to Donahue, who also detected bitter almond scent. Tests were performed on the pills, and it was discovered that they contained 100 to 1,000 times the lethal dose, depending on which pill. Dang. Uh, after the discovery, a national panic erupted. National media called on people to discard their Tylenol products. In Chicago, particularly, police cruisers were dispatched to neighborhoods and urban areas to announce over loudspeakers for residents to discard their Tylenol and flush it down the toilet. Wow. <laughs> they got policemen to like, go out and do over yeah, loudspeaker wow. calls. Like, yeah. Throw out your Tylenol. <laughs> Bring out your Tylenol. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Tylenol products were all bought at different retailers, but they did have similar batch codes. Knowing that cyanide reacts with the capsules, police came to the conclusion that the products could not have been tampered with in the factories as they were produced uh, because the, the time that it would take for them to leave the factory line to mm -hmm. the, shore, the store shelves would have degraded the capsules and you would have had a weird looking bottle of Tylenol. With yeah, like, like you got the pills stuff. out and they were probably just like, yeah, disintegrating. weird disintegrated thing. Um, so police narrowed it down to the products being tampered with on location that they were being sold in. They deduced that the culprit likely purchased Tylenol and then returned the products to the shelf. In all, they discovered five bottles that had been killed, five bottles that killed the seven people, and an additional three that were unsold, still on shelves Yikes. at eight different retailers. Yeah. But at the time, they also don't know the total number either. Well, they might. I don't know. Mm. We'll find out. <laughs> well, I mean, they have no way to tell yeah. if somebody bought it and said saw that and yeah. threw their stuff away. Yeah. Um, or if that was the only retailers as well, like, because like they were the only ones that were discovered from those five retail places that those were bought at. They were all from different stores. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. There, there could have been other stores. No, you don't think so. I mean, not a. What do you mean? So like these five people, five groups of people, bought at five different stores, but there could have been other stores that also three had others. Oh, three other stores. Three other stores had one. Oh, okay. But these were, were unsold. Okay. Um, so, in mm. effort to assuage the public, Johnson & Johnson halted all commercials and distributed warnings to hospitals. On October the 5th, this is six days after the incident, they issued recalls on all of their Tylenol brand products. This is approximately recall of 31 million bottles. Wow. An equivalent of $265 million in today's money. Yeah. Um, they also ran advertisements on the public television Telling the people not to consume Tylenol. Yeah. So like, they, hey, this is Tylenol saying don't use don't our product. Don't use our product. <laughs> don't do it. Um, 
they also offer to replace any Tylenol capsules. So the ones that you can pull apart and the powder comes mm -hmm. out, they offer to uh, give you tablet form. Okay. So solid. Yeah. Uh, which it's, I mean, you can't put powder yeah. on a tablet. Yeah. Um, so there's many suspects. Unless you're making it. Like yeah, you crush it up and then re remake it. Yeah. It. Um, there are many suspects in the case, and one individual served time in connection with the crime, but it is doubted if he actually committed the okay. crime. James William Lewis was the main suspect. Lewis wrote an anonymous ransom note to the Tylenol manufacturers demanding $1 million in exchange for him to stop the murders and the poisoning of their products. After a bit of a runaround, they discovered Lewis lived in New York and arrested him. Investigators determined that he had no relation or connection to Chicago. He also denied any involvement in the crime. Uh, it stated that they, uh, he wrote the ransom note in order to draw the attention of the FBI so he could expose a man that owed him money. <laughs> How? That's what he said. How would that even work? I don't know. So he wrote this ransom note after the fact? Like, after he heard it on the news, national news, and he was probably like, oh, I'm going to get someone's attention. Um, I didn't <clears> get the date of when they received it, but it was definitely after. Yeah, which means that it was all over the news, and he, like, knew it was something that was happening. Yeah. yeah. So, but why are you going to write a ransom note to get the attention of the FBI for yeah. something else? Why don't you, why don't you just, you could just call just them. Just call them. <laughs> like, hey. Also, it was like 500 bucks. <laughs> I mean, I get it. It's 1980s. Yeah, but now bucks is a lot you money, are put in jail for a lot of... <laughs> Well, he only went to jail for 20 years because he was only charged with extortion. Only 20 years? That's a long time for $500. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> he is extorting. We only He only served uh, 13 of them. He was released in 1995. That's still... <laughs> $500, dude. <laughs> Calm down. <clears throat> Take him to court. Yeah. Small claims court. Yeah, something like that. $5,000? I have no idea. <laughs> um, Lori Dan, who poisoned and shot an unknown number of people in May of 1988, rampage around... Winnetka, Illinois, was also briefly considered as a suspect, but no direct connection was ever found. Roger Arnold was identified, investigated, and cleared of killings, but uh, he had a nervous breakdown due to the immediate attention. Um, he blamed on Marty Sinclair, a bar owner, who turned her, who led media to suspect him. Uh, in the summer of 1983, Arnold shot and killed John Stanisha, an unrelated man who he, he mistook for Miss Sinclair and did not know Arnold. Arnold was convicted on January of 1984 and served 15 years of a 30-year sentence for second-degree murder. He died in June of 2008. So they were basically just looking at people with pasts, mm -hmm. with past like crimes well, that they hoped that would be in connection to this. I wrote, so I didn't write this down because it's only alleged, but mm -hmm. apparently he chased his mother around with an axe when he was a child, <laughs> and so people were like, "He is he's a crazy." Psycho. Yeah. But, I mean, it's still like, how is that evidence to be like, oh, yeah, he's, exactly. he's crazy. He definitely was the one who did that. Oh, Kesha's doing something. Who's she singing to? Oh, I love that. Anyways, <laughs> my queen. That was not worth stopping the podcast. Yes, it was. Thank you. She's praying. Oh, she's singing praying. I love that song. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they said they were like, look at him. He's crazy. Look. Mm -hmm. and well, that's actually, what people say about me, but I don't get thrown in jail for it yet. Hello, <laughs> I'd like to report an emergency. I'd like to report a crime. Uh, Chris is here, and <laughs> the crime is he's talking. <laughs> the Can way you, you stomp down those, <laughs> the runway in those kitten heels is absolutely criminal. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so <laughs> they led him to have a, a mental break, and he was declared to have schizophrenia. Okay. <laughs> but he did kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, not in relation to these Tylenol yeah, murders. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I just don't think. Um, so, in early 1983, at the FBI's request, the Chicago Tribune columnist Bob Green published the address and gave the grave location for the youngest victim, Mary Kellerman. He published their address? Yep. The story written with Kellerman family's consent uh, was proposed by the FBI criminal analysis John Douglas on theory that the perpetrator might visit the house or the grave site if he was made aware of their locations. Mm -hmm. Both sites were kept under 24-hour video surveillance for several months, but the killer did not surface. Um, A a video surveillance photo of Paula Prince, uh, the final victim who purchased hers the last uh, Walgreens when she Mm -hmm. got off the plane, um, they had her on camera at uh, Walgreens on 1601 North Wells Street, and it was released by the uh, Chicago Police Department. Uh, they believe that a bearded man seen just feet behind Prince may be the killer. Because mm. he watched her buy it? Um, it didn't have a whole lot of information on it, and I don't think that's necessarily true because it, the person has to poison the pills. Mm-hmm. So I think they have to do it way before anybody's gonna suspect to buy them yeah it's just the the person the killer is not interested in knowing who his victim is yeah he He just just wants people to die he just liked the media attention of the fact that people were dying yeah yeah that's maybe it was a ploy to get at johnson and johnson brand yeah which is another theory that that was going to be my theory uh so i guess i'll wait until after that so okay (laughs) okay um so In early January 2009, Illinois authorities renewed the investigation. Federal agents searched the home of Lewis in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and seized a number of items. In Chicago, an FBI spokesperson uh, declined to comment uh, but said, we will have something to release later, possibly. Law enforcement officials have received a number of tips related to the case coinciding with its anniversary. In a written statement, the FBI explained, quote, this review is prompted in part by the recent 25th anniversary of the crime and the resulting publicity. Further, given the many recent advances in forensic technology, it was only natural that a second look be taken at the case and recovered evidence, end quote. So did they still have the pills? Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they're probably degraded. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They're but degraded. they seized it all. Yeah. Um, on May 19th, 2011, uh, the FBI requested DNA samples from the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, in connection with the Tylenol murders. Kaczynski denied ever having possessed potassium cyanide. Under the first four Unabomber crimes happened in Chicago and its suburbs from 1978 to 1980, and Kaczynski's parents had a a suburban Chicago home in Lombard, Illinois, in 1982, where he stayed occasionally. Yeah. So he was in the area two years before this happened? In the same year. I thought he said this was 82. It happened in 1982. But you just said from 1978 to 1980. Which is when he did his other crimes. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, And it said that Ted Kaczynski would make um, lots of wood-related choices for his his crimes. Mm -hmm. Both of the Tylenol CEOs, their last name is Wood. Oh, gotcha. Mm. Um, also, the the envelope with the ransom note was something James Wood at one thirty four Maple Street or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but 
Apparently, there's no more information as of 2011. Mm. Um, so the Tylenol murder sparked many copycat killers to mimic the crime. Three more deaths in 1986 from Tamper gelatin capsules in Chicago. In New York, one woman died of ingesting cyanide-laced extra-strength capsules. In Washington State, someone tampered with bottles of Excedrin, killing Susan Snow and Bruce, Bruce Nickel. The culprit turned out to be his wife. <laughs> a rumor that the Procter & Gamble's new, newest product, Incaprin, a direct competitor of Tylenol, led to a drop in sales so drastic that the company pulled the product. They were saying that it was poison, just like Tylenol. Oh. So they totally nicked Just the gone. Product. The product's gone. Um, 1986, a University of Texas student, Kenneth Ferries, was found dead in his apartment after succumbing to cyanide poisoning. Where is everyone just getting cyanide from? <laughs> Tampered anison capsules were uh, <laughs> determined to be the source of cyanide found in the body. His death was ruled as a homicide in May, of, May 30 of 1986. On June 19, 1986, <clears throat> the AP reported that the Travis County Medical Examiner ruled his death likely a suicide. The FDA determined he obtained the poison from a lab in which he worked. Oh, see, that was what happened at A&M. There was a guy that was in one of my biochem classes, actually a lot of my biochem classes because he was a biochem major as well, and... Uh, he was a freshman with me, sophomore, and then junior year, he, like, went out to, like, the academic plaza and, like, sat down on a bench and, like, took a cyanide pill that he, like, got from, like, the lab that he worked at. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. And so, like, he just, he, like, committed, yeah, not, not to, like, belabor on that point, but, I mean, he committed suicide in the middle of, like, the academic Everybody. plaza by doing cyanide. So, check your mental health. I'll always contact the National Suicide Hotline if you're feeling like that is Something's your only option. Right. Yeah. Um. Also, that's a bad way to go. I know. <laughs> it just stops you from breathing, but yeah. you can breathe. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, um, one light in the tragedy is that Tylenol helped to roll out new uh, product safety measures to ensure their customers, their products were not tampered with. Um, they were accepted by the FDA, and we still use them today. Mm -hmm. So back then, medicine was just like, bottle, <laughs> a little bit of cotton on top, that's screw it, it on, yeah. buy it, please. <laughs> please buy this medicine. Now, of course, we have <coughs> child-proof lids. Mm -hmm. We have aluminum foil seals on the top, and then the plastic ring to seal the child-proof yeah. lock. Well, that's like typically when there are new rules that are created, it's because something has happened to cause those rules to happen. So if you ever ask, why is there child-proof lock? It means that there are lots of children that have died. Why is there seals on top? Because Tylenol murdered people. <laughs> seven Tylenol people. didn't Tylenol, murder I'm anybody. sorry, not Tylenol. <laughs> people, someone laced Tylenol <laughs> to murder people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> LOL. Also, I wonder who, like, you're buying Tylenol and then you're returning it to the store. Yeah. And they were just like, yep, sure. Well, I mean, that was back, I mean, in the 80s. I'm sure there was, like, less standards for that sort of stuff. They're like, okay, sure. You, you didn't open this, right? No. Okay. I'll trust your word for it. That's fine. I don't know. <laughs> Did you hear the new <laughs> ACDC album? <laughs> Just like casual talk. Yeah. <laughs> yep, it's I really did. really good. I liked it. Yeah. Well, then on top of that, it's like, okay, why weren't? Why didn't you, like, if they were returning it, well, I guess they said that they weren't returning it because what he would do would he go I back into the store. sometimes he did return it, but other times he would just go back into the store. And, and just put, put it, it back, back on the, on the shelf. shelf. Exactly. And there's no way that you can really tell that. Yeah. So. I mean, it, that's weird. It kind of looks like shoplifting. Yeah. It's like <laughs> backward shoplifting. Did you just play that video backwards? No. <laughs> did, sir, did you just give us things? Yeah. No. No. I just gave you money and the item I mean, back. That's a really good way to be like, why in the hell would I give you something? Yeah, that's true. I, why would I do that? That's something I would do. 
Okay. Um, Take yeah. my money. That's crazy. Well, I mean, that's like my biggest question is like, where did all these people get a hold of cyanide? cyanide. Yeah, exactly. It's also the 80s, too. <clears throat> Let me just get on Amazon. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm an Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime shopper, baby. I feel like you could just call up like Chemicals Limited and be mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm a scientist. <laughs> okay. Can I have some potassium cyanide? cyanide? Oh, what are you going to use it for? Uh, uh, we uh, rats. Uh, rat testing. Rats. rats. Lots of rats. We have so many rats. Yeah. That's, that's what I need it for. <laughs> Sounds good. Here you okay. go. How much you need a truckload? <laughs> 14 <laughs> bushels. <laughs> Um, bushels. It doesn't come in bushels, sir. <laughs> what if I said one box is a, one box is seventeen thousand bottles? Oh, five bottles. Do you have um, like gallon sizes? <laughs> like how? Sir, this is a solid. Oh, oh um, um, a one pound, one block. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Are you sure you know what you're ordering? Yeah, uh, I'm a scientist. I'm an Trust intern. Yeah. Also, hey, that is what I sounded like ordering something sometimes. Okay, back whenever I was a lab technician uh, or Ooh. research assistant, not a lab technician. Tell um, us how much you liked it. Uh, I lasted there seven and a half months. <laughs> it was amazing. So, anyways, um, I would order things like I, and they'd be like, "Oh, do you want this kind or this kind?" I'm like, "Yes." Uh, I don't know. The answer is one of those. I always got in trouble because it was like, we didn't need to order that. Then why did you tell me to order it? Well, we didn't need to order that one specifically. Well, why did you tell me to order it? Like, <laughs> simple as that. Come on, we Barbara. can save our money. Okay, whatever. Um, anyways, yeah. Well, that's scary. Yeah. Um, Makes you think twice, huh? Well, that was that was what my theory... My theory was that someone... Because like we talked about Janine Jones on this podcast. That was one of my topics from San Antonio. That her reason for killing babies, 60 babies, was because she thought that San Antonio needed a new, like a, a NICU, essentially, yeah. for young infants. And so she's like, well, this is the way to get people's attention, by killing babies. So maybe that's a way, like, <laughs> someone was like, I, you guys need to put protection on these things, so let me show you you need protection. I don't think that's the case. I, mean, but I don't either. But It's fully possible. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I think it might have had something to do with more like consumerism or something. Yeah. Just like bring down the man. Capitalism. (laughs) Um, Yeah. But that led to that. And and that's how we got like, you know, how you have your jars and when you open it, it pops. Yeah. Another one from Tylenol. Yeah. Uh, Those are the main ones. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Well, I love that. Um, Good. Good. Bring me the axe. Barbara. Barbara. Bring me the axe. Barbara! I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt. <laughs> Why does she need an axe for dirt? Um, it's just chop it. Lots of scrubbing ability. Yeah. Are we back recording? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we never left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. We didn't ever pause for any reason at all. Um, okay, now I can mop this. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it. I was it. waiting until we were back. Ow. Ow. That was really anticlimactic. <laughs> I mean, I was just like, it was vivacious grabbing for that zipper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, come on, come on, come on, mama. come on, <laughs> mother. <laughs> lots of, <laughs> lots of nails, claw pincers. I love that. Well, you want to know about another mystery? Tell just me some mysteries. Slightly different. I realize that I've been doing a lot of murders, and I go back to like some of my like conspiracy theories and like aliens and like some scary shit. So. 
You know, you've been know feeling very murdered lately. I have. I <laughs> have you felt murdered lately? Part two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I've felt too murdered lately. So I'm going to go back to my roots and go for aliens. You know, I love aliens. Oh. So we're going to talk about something that I remember listening about whenever I was much younger and in high school because it came up again in 2007, 2008. But the original comes Titanic, from Titanic, the movie, 1997, when Titanic came out. <gasps> no, false. So we're going to talk about something that happened on something called the Phoenix Lights. Have you ever heard of the Phoenix Lights? Well, let me tell you let about me, them. Let me learn a little more. Uh, I'll tell you a little bit more. So on March 13th of 1997, around 7.55 p.m. Mountain Time, a man reported seeing a V-shaped object above a city called Henderson, Nevada. He said it was about the size of a Boeing 747, sounded like rushing wind, and had six lights on its leading edge. The lights reportedly traversed northwest to southeast. Oh, I think I do remember. They're yeah. Recorded phone calls. Yeah. Okay. Um, an unidentified former police officer from Paulden, Arizona, is claimed to have been the next person to report a sighting after leaving his house around 8.15. So this is about 30 minutes after the first, not even that. Did you listen minutes. to the recordings? Uh, no, but, but there are like videos and stuff like that. The people are on the phone with the 911 dispatch. Yeah. And they're like, uh, there's something in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Very southern They're like, accents. well, what is yeah. it? Do you know? Can you tell us what it is, sir? I don't know. There's some lights and it's like a V, like a lot of the, I'm going to say V-shaped formation like a million times in this uh, writing. So just letting you know. Do it. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, get ready. Get ready. Strap strap it's, your boots on, girls. It's funny because this whole thing is just pigeons with little collars that have lights on them. Exactly. Just lying across in mm -hmm. a weird V-shaped formation. Well, they always fly in a V. Not Bird pigeons. Fly. That's sure. Sure. Pe that's pelicans. Whatever. And gooses. And ducks. Some birds. Milady. Robins. Jays. Blue jays. Blue jays. What about green? Green jays. They don't like oh, why gotta be blue? <laughs> why gotta be blue? Um, yeah, so the next unidentified former police officer from Paulden, Arizona, is claimed to have been the next person to report the sighting after leaving his house around 8.15 p.m. He was driving north. As he was driving north, he allegedly saw a cluster of reddish to orange lights in the sky, comprising four lights together and a fifth light trailing behind them. Each of the individual lights on the formation appeared to the witness to consist of two separate point sources of orange light. So, like, each light itself had, like, multiple lights. Um, he returned home and, through binoculars, watched the lights until they disappeared over south over the horizon. Lights were also reportedly seen in the areas of Prescott and the Prescott Valley. Uh, at approximately 8.17, so two minutes later, callers began reporting an object that was definitely solid because it blocked out much of the starry night as it passed over. John Kayser was a witness who was standing outside with his wife and sons in the Prescott Valley when they noticed a cluster of lights to the west-northwest of their position. People just be outside at night? It's 8 o'clock in the evening. Exactly. It's not that late. It, on what day of the week? It doesn't say. It says March... 13th so you, we can find out March, can find March 13th 1997 but why are they just outside why 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 would it doesn't it's not that late so it doesn't really matter they're just like hanging out outside then if it's a nice evening in the desert desert <laughs> you can just be outside I've I don't know I've never been outside yeah I don't do the outside thing it's dirty out there and there's bugs that's where the coronavirus is <laughs> 
It's a Thursday. Okay, so that's still not weird. It's eight o'clock hey, in the evening. Coronavirus. Maybe they had soccer practice. Maybe they needed to. At to... eight p.m. Yeah. No, honey. I used to have band practice uh-uh. until almost eight o'clock. No, that is when um, American Idol is supposed to be on. Maybe on Thursdays. Sure. <laughs> okay. Anyways, oh, it's not that late. I just hit my knee. Um, it's not that Survivor. late. Survivor. Maybe Survivor because that was on back then and it still is now. I don't know why, but yeah. it still is for some reason. Uh, my friend Cody's obsessed with Survivor. Why? I don't know. I've asked him this question since college. <laughs> it's quite entertaining. Um, Let's just watch dirty people. Just be live. get even more dirty. Um, the lights formed a triangular pattern, but all of them appeared to be red, except for the light at the nose of the object, was which was distinctly white. The object or objects which had been observed for approximately two to three minutes with binoculars then passed directly over the observers and were seen where were, oh, the objects were seen to uh, bank to the right and then disappear in the night sky to the southeast of Prescott Valley. The altitude could not be confirmed. However, the object was fairly low and made no sound whatsoever. The National UFO Reporting Center received the following report from the Prescott area. I'm going to do it in a southern accent. <laughs> While, you're good at. while doing astrophotography, I observed five yellow white lights in a V formation. Astrophotography. Astrophotography. For, uh, moving slowly from the northwest across the sky to the northeast and then turn almost due south and continue until out of sight. The point of the V was in the direction of the movement. The first three lights were in a fairly tight V, while the two of the lights were further back along the lines of the V's legs. During the northwest-northeast transit, one of the trailing lights moved up and joined the three and then dropped back to the trailing position. I estimated the three-light V to cover about 0.5 degrees of sky and the whole group of five lights to cover about one degree of sky, which one degree is out of 180 is quite a lot of quite a lot to cover yes (laughs) um so he was basically saying it was very large um at the town of dewey uh which was 10 miles or 16 kilometers uh have you realized also something about 1997 but that all of these names have to do with scream sydney prescott dewey is the deputy i didn't say sydney prescott's the name of the town oh prescott well, these are all these are real cities in Arizona. I know, <laughs> but we have a connection now. <clears throat> to to and I think yeah yeah I think that Ghostface is the answer. Oh, Ghostface was the one who flew the spaceship. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yep. Well, I will not be taking any questions. <laughs> <laughs> questions are closed for now. Um, yeah, so Dewey is uh, 10 miles uh, east of Prescott. Six people saw a large cluster of lights while driving northbound on Highway 69. That was all we got from that one. Um, Tim Lay and his wife Bobby and his son Hall and their granddaughter or grandson Damien Turn- Turnage. There's no R. Turnage. <laughs> uh, first saw the lights when they were above the Prescott Valley about 65 miles away from them. So they could see the lights, but they were like way far away. Um, at first, the lights appeared to them as five separate distinct lights in an arc shape, as if they were on top of a balloon, but they soon realized the lights appeared to be moving towards them. Over the next 10 or so minutes, the lights appeared to come closer, the distance between the lights increased, and they took on the shape of an upside-down V. So, like, the V is, this is the tip, and it's flying that way. You know what I'm saying? Um, the government's going to say this is a weather balloon. Well, we're getting there. 
Um, eventually, when the lights appeared to be a couple miles away, the witnesses could make out a shape that looked like a 60-degree carpenter's, carpenter square uh, with, the light, with the five lights set into it, with one at the front and two on each side. Soon, the object with the embedded lights appeared to be coming right down the street of where they lived, about 100, and, 100 to 150 feet above them, traveling so slowly that it appeared to hover and was silent. The object then seemed to pass over their heads and went through a V opening in the peaks of the mountain range towards the Squaw Peak Mountain and towards the direction of the Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport. Witnesses in Glendale, a suburb of northwest Phoenix, saw the object pass overhead with an altitude high enough to become obscured by the thin clouds. Uh, this was approximately between 8.30 and 8.45. So some people are saying it's really low. Some people are saying it's really high. Some people can't figure out what, but they, they all pretty much agree that it's the, a V-shape and the lights were like a red color, a reddish-orange color, um, and, and it was the back has silent. Like a curve. Yeah. Well, kind of. Mm. It's just a V. Yeah. With the middle taken out? Yeah, like there's no, well, there's no, you can't really see it in the night sky. It was just dark. You could just see the lights going down the, like, in the weird V. But they said it blocked out the sky. Yes, correct. So maybe the middle's not taken out. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Um, then we get into actually entering a... Uh, metropolitan, me metropolitan area. When the triangular formation entered the Phoenix area, Bill Griner, a cement driver hauling a load down uh, down a mountain north of Phoenix, described the second group of lights. I'll never be the same. Before this, if anybody had told me they saw a UFO, I would have said, yeah, and I believe in the tooth theory. Now, I've got a whole new view, and I may just be a dumb truck driver, but I've seen something that don't belong here. Oh, that would have been a good one to do with Southern Mexico. <laughs> I've seen something that, that don't, don't belong, belong here. Uh, Griner said that the lights hovered over the area for more than two hours. A report came from a young man in Kingman area who stopped his car at a, a payphone to report the incident. The young man en route to Los Angeles called from a phone booth to report having seen a large and bizarre cluster of stars moving slowly in the northern sky. He stopped at a thing to make a phone call? Yeah. So he was on. So he was en route to Los Angeles. And so, like, this thing is basically going uh, west to east and, like, from north to south. It was a phone booth, or phone booth joke that didn't go over well because you didn't get it. No. Um, so that Have happened. you ever used a phone booth? Yes. Really? Yeah, back in the 90s. Shirts had them till I was in high school. And what did you use it for? I've uh, never used a phone booth. I was at a gas station. I don't. Oh remember. yeah, you didn't get a phone until you were uh, in going to middle college. school. No. Wait, I thought you said in I didn't high have school. texting until oh, I was a senior in high school. Yeah. <laughs> Why but I had you a use phone. a ping phone. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just because I had to call my mom for something. I don't remember. Use your cell phone. I didn't have a cell phone at the time. I didn't have a cell phone until eighth grade. How did you know your house phone number? Because I had it memorized. I had my house my house phone number has not changed since I was a baby. <coughs> Period. I had that memorized. I have there's only two phone numbers that I have phone numbers that I have memorized. My mom's and my mom's cell phone and my uh, the home phone number. Oh, what That's about it. your dad? I don't need to call him. <laughs> you should memorize more phone numbers than that. Why? In case you get put in jail. Who's, who else's phone number am I supposed to memorize? Your brothers and sisters? No. Why would I call them? Desiree would never answer her phone. <laughs> she doesn't answer her phone. Like, I will text her, and she won't respond for like three days. <laughs> Just simple as that. My older brother might respond. But he'd be like, he'd ignore it, and then he'd text me and say, what do you want? <laughs> oh, my God. Mm -hmm. 
Anyways, um, so that happened in 1997. However, I do want to go ahead and point out before we get into like what happened and discuss what those those lights were. Um, there was a, a reappearance of the lights that occurred on February 6th of 2007, and that was recorded by the local Fox News television station. That one happened for a long period of time, and that's Probably why fake news. this oh, this all came up and like resurfaced again from 1997 because of what happened in 2007. So 10 years apart. So according to the mil military officials and the Federal Aviation Administration, these were flares dropped by a F-16 aircraft training at Luke Air Force Base nearby. Um, on April 21st of 2008, the lights again reappeared uh, over Phoenix by local residents. These lights appeared to change from square to triangular formations over time. A Valley resident reported that shortly after the lights appeared, three jets were seen heading west in the direction of the lights. So basically, the Air Force was like, we need to go, we intercept, need to go this. intercept this fast. Um, an official from the Luke Air Force Base denied that the United States Air Force had any activity in the area because, of course, they were like, we need to find out that's a fucking alien. They were like, oh, no, we didn't do that. We didn't go anywhere. Um, so on April 22nd of 2008, uh, a few days later, a resident, uh, or no, a day later, a resident of Phoenix told the newspaper that the lights were nothing more than his neighbor releasing helium balloons with flares attached. This was confirmed by a police helicopter. The following day, a Phoenix resident who declined to be identified in news reports stated that he had attached the flares to helium balloons and released them in his backyard. So that was in 2008. Did he say why? No. It, I'm okay. sure it was because of this whole incident. He was like, I'm going to go fuck yeah, some people gonna up. Yeah, going to make people upset again. Um well, so now we go back to 1997. There is imagery. Uh, so there's imagery of the Phoenix Lights, uh, falls, but it falls into two categories. We've got the images of the triangular formation seen before 10 p.m. This was before it went over uh, Phoenix. And we've got the images and the videos from after 10 p.m. when it went over the Phoenix area. So almost all known images of the uh, are of the second event. So there wasn't really that happened in like Prescott and in Nevada. There wasn't really much there because there's not many people there mm -hmm. uh, so all the known images um that were produced or were produced using a variety of commercially available camcorders and cameras so you imagine the home videos from the 90s those are grainy a little rough around the edges uh especially when you're pointing them at a dark sky <laughs> yeah um so there are no known my dad would videotape us for christmas and i don't even know which one's me yeah <laughs> Exactly. So there are no known which images. You're the smaller one. Okay. How, how, which one's smaller? The one with the, the gray <laughs> body? That one looks like a blob. That one is slightly smaller blob. Does that mean? No, that's your brother. Okay. <laughs> and what is that? Well, that's a Nintendo. Oh, remember oh, that? Oh, got that one. Yep. <laughs> oh, wait. No, no, that's not. That's your dog. <laughs> Actually, we didn't get you a Nintendo ever. <laughs> That's a bike? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. Final answer. That's a bike. Roller skates. <laughs> oh, it's moving. And it's barking? <laughs> Still a dog. <laughs> That's the pancakes we had for breakfast. <laughs> um, yeah, so there was no known images taken by equipment designed for scientific analysis, nor are there any known images taken using high-powered optics or night vision equipment. There are, no known there are a few known images of the Prescott Dewey uh, lights uh, before 10 p.m., before they went over Phoenix. Television... Uh, I don't know. You look like you were about to say something. Television. Just that I only want to see the videos from a Nokia Kyocera. Yeah. So. 100. <laughs> grainy and just like terrible and tiny. <laughs> just four pixels. Yeah. That's all you get. Just four. White, <laughs> black, gray, gray. <laughs> Wait, you have to have red because there was a little bit of red light in there. 
No. One, one <laughs> it's a black it. and white. They used a filter. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, television station KSAZ uh, reported that an individual named Richard Curtis recorded a detailed video that pur- purportedly showed the outline of the spacecraft, but that video has been lost. The only other known video of is of poor quality and shows a group of lights with no craft visible. That's the one I want to watch. Yeah. just Well, I've seen it. It's just lights. You just see, like, five lights Blobs. in the sky. Yeah. Um, during the Phoenix event, numerous still photographs and videotapes were made, distinctly showing uh, a series of lights appearing at a regular, in- at a regular interval, uh, remaining illuminated for several moments and then going out. These are the ones I saw. I'm sorry. I've only seen videos from Phoenix. Um, these images have been repeatedly aired by documentary television channels, such as the Discovery Channel and the History Channel, as part of their UFO documentary programming. The most frequently seen sequence shows uh, that what appears to be an arc of lights appearing one by one, then going out one by one. UFO advocates claim that these images show that the lights were some form of running light or other aircraft illumination along the leading edge of the, of the large craft, estimated to be as large as a mile, or 1.6 kilometers <laughs> in diameter, hovering over the city of Phoenix. Other similar sequences reportedly taken over a half-hour period show differing number of lights in a V or arrowhead array. Thousands of witnesses throughout Arizona also reported a silent, mile-wide V or boomerang-shaped aircraft aircraft with varying numbers of huge orbs. A significant number of witnesses reported that the craft was silently gliding directly overhead at low altitude. The first-hand witnesses consistently reported that the lights appeared as canisters of swimming light while the underbelly of the craft was undulating like looking through water however skeptics claim that the video is evidence that mountains that claim that the video is evidence that mountains not visible at night partially obstructed the views from certain angles therefore bolstering the claim that the lights were more distant than the ufo advocates claim so they're saying it's further away and that the mountain like was blocking something so you can't really tell uh, UFO advocate Jim Diletoso. Diletoso. Diletoso? What is it? D I L E T T O S O. Diletoso. D I L E T. No, E T T O S O. Diletoso. Final answer. Diletoso? Sure. Fine. Claim to have performed spectral analysis of photographs and video imagery that prove that the lights. What? No. <laughs> Spectral analysis. Exactly. That could have been produced by a man-made source. Uh, Diladoso claimed to have used software uh, software called Image Pro Plus, the exact version is unknown, to determine the amount of red, green, and blue in the various photographic and video images and construct histograms of the data, which were then compared to several photographs known to be of flares. Several sources have pointed out, however, that it is impossible to determine the spectral signature of a light source based solely on a photograph or video imagery as film and electronics inherently alter the spectral signature of a light source by uh, shifting hue in the visible stru- spectrum. The experts in spec- and experts in spectroscopy have dismissed his claims as being scientifically invalid. Normal photographic equipment also eliminates light outside of the visible, visible spectrum for example, infrared or ultraviolet, that would be necessary for a complete spectral analysis. The maker of Image Pro Plus, uh, Media Cybernetic, has stated that its software is incapable of performing spectroscopic analysis. There you go. Spectroscopic analysis. It's a good word. 
Um, so basically, they were like, yeah, he's a fucking liar. <laughs> yeah, um, it actually does not do anything. He didn't do that. It's actually a word processor. But I found it interesting that he was trying to prove that it was humans. For He was a UFO advocate that was like, I'm telling you that I did this and it was humans. <laughs> oh, no, he said could not have been. Oh, sorry. I thought he said he could. But anyways, he, either way, regardless, he was wrong. Um, so there is some controversy as to how best to, clar- to classify the reports on the night in question. Some are of the opinion that the differing nature of the eyewitness reports indicates that there were several unidentified objects that were in the area, each of which is known as a separate event. So they've kind of separated the two events from the Dewey and uh, Prescott area and then the Phoenix area, saying that those were two different UFOs, UFOs apparently, uh, which I found kind of interesting. Um, however, they typically focus on the second one because that's where thousands of people saw it. Um, so we'll focus on the second one. I'll just mention first event, the V, which uh, appeared over northern Arizona and gradually traveled south over nearly the entire length of the state, eventually passing south over Tucson, was apparently wedge-shaped, uh, apparently a wedge-shaped object reported by the then-governor Symington and many others. Proponents of two separate events propose that the first event still has no provable explanation, but that some evidence exists that the lights were in fact airplanes. According to an article by reporter Janet, Jeanette Gonzalez that, uh, no, Janet, not Jeanette. Just Janet. Just, Just Janet. Janet. Just Janet. Oh, no. oh. That appeared in the, <laughs> that appeared in the Phoenix, New, uh, Phoenix New Times. Uh, videotape of the V-shape shows the lights moving as separate entities and not as a single object, a phenomenon known as illusory. Illusory. Yeah. Illusory. Illusory contours um, can cause a human eye to see unconnected lines or dots as forming a single shape. The second event was set... Uh, was a set of nine lights appearing to hover over the city of Phoenix at around 10 p.m. because apparently there was a different number of lights as well. The second event has been more thoroughly covered by the media due in part to the numerous video images taken of the lights. This was also observed by numerous people who may have thought that they were seeing the same lights as those reported earlier. The, so basically saying it could have been the same event. Um, the U.S. Air Force explained the second event as slow-falling, long-burning LUU 2BB illumination flares dropped by a flight of four A-10 Warthogs, Warthogs, Warthog aircraft um, on a training exercise at the Barry Goldwater Range at Western Pima County. According to this explanation, the flares would have been visible in Phoenix and appeared to hover due to rising heat from the burning flames, creating a balloon effect on their parachute, which slowed the descent. The lights then appeared to wink out as they fell behind the Sierra Estrella, a mountain range to the southwest of Phoenix. So, hold on. Military flares such as these can be seen from hundreds of miles given in ideal environmental conditions. Uh, Later comparisons with known uh, flare drops were reported on local television stations showing similarities between the known military flare drops and the Phoenix lights. How long after the event did they release that? It doesn't say, but a lot of this is coming from 2007. So this is like 10, ten years. years after the fact, which I will get into in just a second. Um, an analysis of the lum- luminosity of the LUU-2BB illumination flares, the type which would have been in use by a t- A-10 aircraft at the time, determined that the luminosity of such flares at a range of approximately 50 to 70 miles would fall well in the range of the lights viewed from Phoenix. So at the time, there was minimal news coverage, which is so weird to me. Because I feel like 1997 would be like, whew. <laughs> Especially Phoenix is a large city. Exactly. It's a big city. 
Mm. Mm. I don't know. But in Phoenix, a small number of local news outlets noted that the event noted the event, but it received little attention beyond that. But on June 18th of 1997, so this is like three months after, USA Today ran a front page story that brought national attention to the case. And this was then followed by new news coverage by ABC and NBC television networks. The case quickly caught the popular imagination um, and has become a staple of the UFO-related documentary television, including special including specials produced by the History Channel and Discovery Channel, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, shortly after the lights, Arizona, then Arizona Governor Fife, 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 F-I-F-E, Fife. Fife. <laughs> I've never seen that name before. It's an old English word. Okay. For a plot of land. Okay. I thought a fife was like a, a like flute thing. No, that's a pipe. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, a fife is a, a plot of land. Exactly. Well, I guess I'll believe be, you. It could be both. Yeah. I'm going to look it up for okay. us. Okay. Find, find out. Uh, then Arizona Governor Fife Symington III, Symington III, I love that, Arizona Governor Fife Symington III uh, held a press conference stating that... It is both. It is both. I told you. I thought a fife was a, a, a little kind of thing. A kind of small, shrill flute or a council area in a historic county of Scotland. Okay. So it's both. We were both right. I love when we're both right. I like it when I'm right better, but I'll settle for both. I like it when you're right better, too. Yeah, me too. Because I like being wrong. No, false. <laughs> no, it, it, you absolutely fucking not. Yeah. Um, you can't be proven wrong. Yeah, because you you can literally tell me that what I just said was wrong. I'm like, no. No. I, I read it once. <laughs> right. uh, somewhere. Your name starts with a J, man. <laughs> I, I saw it somewhere. It's, the J is silent. Driss. <laughs> Driss. You get what I'm saying, don't you? What? The J is silent? That your name starts with a J. Somebody, somebody we know that starts with a J who just takes headlines as facts. Jan? Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. LOL. 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 Yes, I get it. <laughs> just LOL a couple times. No LOL. After. LOL. <laughs> LOL. 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 Um, yeah, so anyways, the then government... The, the then governor, Fife Symington III, I have to say it again, uh, held a press conference stating that they had found who was responsible. He then proceeded to make light of the situation by bringing his aide on stage dressed in an alien costume. And that was on Dateline. Um, but in March of 2007, so 10 years later, Symington said to confess, basically saying that he had witnessed one of the crafts of uh, unknown, ori unknown origin, origin, <laughs> Uh, during the 1997 event, although he did not go public with this information. In an interview with the Daily Courier of, in Prescott, Arizona, Symington said, I'm a pilot, and I know just about every machine that flies. It was bigger than anything that I'd ever seen. It still remains a great mystery to me. Other people saw it. Responsible people. I don't know why people would ridicule it. I don't know why he sounds like Trump. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say it. Um, but many he, people. Yeah, many, lots of people. Responsible people. Good people. Uh, Symington had earlier said it was enormous and inexplicable. inexplicable. Uh, who knows where it came from? A lot of people saw it, and I saw it too. It was dramatic, and it, it sounds like Trump. And it couldn't have been flares because it was too symmetrical. It had a geometric outline and a constant shape. He also noted that he requested information at the time from the commander of Luke Air Force Base, the general of the National Guard, and the head of the Department of Public Safety. But none of the officials he contacted ever had an answer for what happened, and they were also perplexed. 
Later, he responded to an Air Force explanation that the lights were flares. As a pilot and a former Air Force officer, I can definitively say that this craft did not resemble any man-made object I've ever seen, and it was certainly not high-altitude flares because flares don't fly in formation. In an episode of the TV show UFO Hunters called The Arizona Lights, Symington said that he contacted the military asking what the lights were. The response was no comment. He pointed out that he was the governor of Arizona at the time and not just some ordinary citizen. So he didn't get a response from the military when he was the governor of this whole state that he was in charge of that is now seeing this aircraft in multiple plays. And they were just like, we don't have a comment. Girl. And then also, we don't know if, yeah, exactly. If you have no comment or if you don't know what it is, yeah. Say, we'll check on it. Exactly. Let's get, yeah. No comment. Yeah. (laughs) No comment. What are you, Britney Spears? Which makes me even more like, you know, I love my conspiracy theories and you know, I love, love to have these things, but then like, why did they attack or like go after those lights in 2007, like with aircrafts? so rapidly because they were like this is happening again 10 years later and now we're ready (laughs) we just sent some airplanes over to see what it or some jets over to see what it is and it was nothing so i mean you guys are a little on edge ever since this all happened so just saying that this random person i don't know who this is oh no no there we go francis barwood a 1997 phoenix city councilwoman who launched an investigation into the event said that over 700 witnesses she interviewed the government had never even interviewed one so she was the only one who was actually concerned about this. She was like, I'm doing the investigation. No one else seems to care. That <laughs> There was just some random lights here. So, Or did they interview the people and then kill them? <gasps> and then replace them with new people. <laughs> yes. Yes. Spies. That's, that's a real conspiracy theory there. Um, yeah. So what do you think it was? <laughs> um, you know, I believe in aliens. Mm-hmm. I think that there are aliens out there. But I don't know what to think about things like this. Like, yeah. If they were able to do it, I mean, obviously, they weren't trying to make any contact. They're yeah. just trying to be like, let's look at it. What does it look like? We're here. And then they were obviously like, we don't have any interest in talking to We're you. just leaving. So, Bye. goodbye. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, <clears throat> it's definitely a possibility. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting just because, like, I've seen the videos, and the videos are definitely, like, they're in formation. And yeah. it's just like what you said, flares when you threw a do a flare they're not just floating in the sky and they're like you can definitely still see kind of like at least some sort of depth of where they're going the lights are i mean i know that flares burn just like rapidly but they burn pretty rapidly so and like you're normally shooting them for hours exactly they don't float across the all together they don't go together yeah and even if they were to be floating across the sky i mean they would not be going any kind of speed yeah it'd just be down but why would you do it over the city like that doesn't make any sense to me yeah because <laughs> at least like the air force base that's outside of shirts like they fly all their things over like random land so like whenever we go out to my grandparents property you can kind of hear like their like jet drills and stuff like that that they're doing because it's out in the middle of nowhere it's out over nowhere texas essentially so you can do that <gasps> Duh, uh muriel eustace encouraged that that Yes, nowhere. The middle of nowhere. Middle of nowhere. Um, yes, but like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, you wouldn't conduct these military drills over because Arizona is mostly, mostly desert. desert. So you can fly anywhere else besides over the big metropolitan city in your Scottsdale state. Scottsdale yeah. or Phoenix. Yeah, like go figure somewhere, some other place to, to fly. Why don't you thing. just hang out in 
Prescott. Mm-hmm. Or Dewey. Just stay there. Don't come to Phoenix. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. I don't know. I think it was Alien. I think it was Alien. <laughs> I really do. Because of the way that the military was just kind of like, when they first said, we don't have any information about what's going on there. And then said, no comment. And then was like, oh, yeah, it was totally, like 10 years later, it was like, oh, yeah, it was totally just a military drill. You can't just keep going back and forth with these things. You should, you will know when you're doing a military drill because you're doing a military drill. So, like, that is a big thing. You, everyone on the bases is in this and they're part of it. You know, they know what's going on. So you can't just, like, lie and say that you don't know what's happening. And then all of a sudden later, oh, yeah, we knew what was happening. Okay. No, you didn't. Sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. Exactly. Sure, Jan, Jan, Jan. Sure, Jennifer. Poor, Poor thing. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, that was my topic. I really liked it. Yeah. I've always, I've actually wanted to talk about this since I talked about the Battle of Los Angeles, which was like what episode three. Yeah. So like a long time ago, uh, and I was like, I can't like talk about aliens too much, because then I'll like become like a UFO. I'll be contacted by UFOologists. You know, he is wearing a tinfoil hat right now, guys. So I think I mean we're definitely making some sort of leeway <laughs> into his descent into lunacy. But it's the only thing that fits me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Protein bar. <laughs> They're supposed to help you lose weight. No, those are supposed to help you gain they, weight. They make you gain what weight the like fuck? crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I love mean girls. They're so mean. They are. Wow. Yes. Um, <clears throat> you know who else is mean girls? What? Let's oh, talk about gay stuff. Our Ruby podcast. <laughs> yeah, they're mean girls. <laughs> they're mean girls. They're mean girls. They're bitches. <laughs> we just come on and just tear drag down. We do. Like, people are like, fuck my drag right now. I'm like, yes. 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 That's fuck your I drag. <laughs> Listen to me. Were you listening? <laughs> fuck your drag. Um, we just released this a, a, a episode a couple episode. of uh, days ago to have out for people to watch and learn Listen. things about. Marissa's already listened to it. <laughs> Does she make an opinion? Yeah, she commented on one of our photos that we posted last week for this week, just because I think she just wanted to comment on something. And yeah, she she commented on something about our podcast that I was right about. The, no, it was she. Well, she did agree with you about like me attacking Jan last week. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, but it was funny. <laughs> we're all disappointed about that now. Well, that well, we haven't talked about that yet on our Ruby podcast. Why do we keep grabbing Why do you this? keep going for that one? <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so listen to us on our Ruby podcast. Well, that's our Spoopy podcast. At our Ruby podcast. <laughs> dot our Spoopy podcast. Dot, dot our Ruby. Dot Roop. Dot, dot R-U. R-U. Russia? <laughs> no. no, no, no. Um, but yes, we should also shout out to our sister podcast. Let's talk about gay stuff. The I love them. podcast that talks about gay stuff. Celebrate, connect, and kiki with them at let's talk about gay stuff.com. Uh, let's talk about gay stuff on Instagram. Let's mm-hmm. talk about gay stuff on Facebook and talk gay stuff on Twitter. Drop them a line at let's talk about gay stuff.com or at gmail.com. gmail.com. Um, they got some great episodes. Uh, also, check out our sassy hour. We're doing a bunch oh, of stuff God, on that. that. Um, you want to hang out, have some happy drinks with some kooky gays? Uh, only look at Kendall's screen because he's the kooky one. The kooky one. Um, I loved one if he dropped his phone <laughs> or his tablet <laughs> last week. Oh he God, just like, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, sorry guys, <laughs> Lots just of shuffling. Noise. Yeah, um, no, but I love our sassy hours because it's like 
it's one of my dreams come true to have like our podcast come together and so every single week i'm like oh my god it's like it's oh, like listening to all of our I, all my friends on the little computer just like mm. stop doing this why it's gay i know um but yeah it makes me feel happy so you should go on there and just see me just like <laughs> he pinches his cheeks with all five fingers. All five. And I do it too, but only with four. Just, There's just no thumb. <laughs> I love it. Um, you know what else I love? What? Economy Works. Oh my God, I love Economy Works. Tell me about Works. Economy Works. Uh, well, Economy Works is a uh, freelance professional network that helps to pair uh, professionals with their project work. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I pull up the rest of the email here, I can tell you a little bit more about it. Tell me, it. Tell me more about it. Well, you know, they... Um, <laughs> They it's just <laughs> they're, they're, um, it's economyworks dot mm-hmm. um, uh, com mm-hmm. um, economy with an i mm-hmm. that's e c o n o m i w o r k s dot com mm-hmm. and we're scrolling and we're scrolling, scrolling and we have not scrolled far enough and where is it you can grab this <laughs> oh there it is. Uh, we we'd like to thank them. We'd of like course. to thank the Economy Works. It's a freelance talent network that helps. To connect they fund prof- my alcoholism in a good way. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> um, it connects professionals with project work. If you're a company that needs help with writing job descriptions, conducting marketing analysis, managing your social media platform, Economy Works has an extensive talent network of freelance professionals ready to help you do more with less. Economy Works. When we work, the Economy, economy Works. works! Find out more at economyworks.com. That's E-C-O-N-O-M-I-W-O-R-K-S.com. W-O-R-K-S.com. Yeah. Gotcha. It just kind of melds together it, a little bit. W-R-K-S. Dorkus. Dorkus. I love that. Um, I had something else I was going to say. And it was here, and it was queer, and it was something else. Oh, no, that's their tagline. We can't take that. They're going to get <laughs> They're gonna sue with us. it. <laughs> Um, no. Oh, I wanted to congratulate us once again on coming up on almost one full year. One full year. We've almost done it. Because this was episode 48. Uh, yes. So that means we have 49, 50, and 51. And Before then we have 52. 52. And that's our full year. So we have four more weeks until that, or three more weeks until that. I love that. May, mid-May? Late yeah. May? Yeah. May 17th. Wasn't that what we decided? May 17th, yes. Mm-hmm. That's also Bailey's gotcha day. Um, it's also a day that one time I was probably at McDonald's. Ooh, that happens often, or used to happen. <laughs> you can order Uber Eats. Oh wait, you said that Uber Eats never finds you guys, right? Um, I've ordered it once. Oh. I made it the first time. It did not. They were like, "He's coming. He's on a bike." I was like, "What?" Why? <laughs> but I love that about Midtown that people can ride bikes. I, I actually see people delivering things on bikes. <laughs> I've seen a couple of them. But I'm like, you're on those rented bikes. So how much are you making off this? Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You are literally paying for to rent the bike almost as much as you're getting paid by Uber Eats to pick things up. So, (laughs) yeah. Choices. Choices. Well, Spencer and I will rewatch our drag race again so that we can discuss it. I'm going to give Spencer some time to heal. Um, because no spoilers, but um, I'll never be the same. He'll never be the same after this. So, except he spoiled it for himself, so he should have had time to mentally prepare for it. I did, <laughs> but I'll, I'll still never be the same. Yeah, sad. Yeah, 
It's kind of like when this cracker got eliminated. You were so mad about that. Because it was a fucking joke. She was robbed. She, Cameron like Michaels Cameron beat her. fucking Michaels. Cameron Michaels beat her. She, no. Cameron I actually Michaels still, home so much earlier. to this day, has still never seen that episode. That Miss Cracker went home. Yeah, well. <laughs> well. <laughs> shows what you know. I really don't. So that's why I don't know. I just like to pick, you, pick on you for it. Miss um, Cracker, the new Trixie Mattel. Just saying. What do you mean? She's going to win All-Stars 5. Oh. And she already has her web series. But does that mean that she is going to beat someone without deserving it? <laughs> uh, no, that's not what that's going to mean because that doesn't happen to Trixie either. This is oh, not okay. our rapey podcast. Oh, yeah, shut sorry. the fuck up. You are the one who keeps talking about drag. Actually, I did. You brought it up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to cut this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I love all of you. Thanks for listening. You're great. Um, um, what? Get spoopy with it? I almost said Ruby. <laughs> spoopy.